from John chapter 3. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these things that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I have never been a huge fan of John chapter 3. I know. I know. It's probably the most common John 3.16, and I've always loved John 3.16 and 17 when taken into context. But particularly for me, when I read John 3, it's not just those two verses. It's the whole story of Jesus saying these words to Nicodemus to one of the elite religious leaders that comes to Jesus by, you know, the shadow of night to ask some questions. And honestly, I am not really a huge fan of Nicodemus. Partly, I know, I know. Partly, though, this Dorothy's little, like, stomping next to me. The reason, though, is that next week, Next week is the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, and that is one of my all-time top five favorite Bible stories. And so whenever I get to Nicodemus every three years when he comes up in our lectionary cycle, all I can think about is next week. <laughs> and I'm just already excited. And so compared to one of my all-time favorite scripture stories, Nicodemus the Pharisee who just doesn't seem to get it, well, he doesn't really compare right? But this week, as I was working to get ready for today's message, I kept getting pulled actually away from our John text a little bit and towards our psalm. Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where is my help to come? 
My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And it might not be one of my all-time favorite scripture texts, but Psalm 121 is up there for me, especially as far as psalms go. And I kept reading our psalm along with our John reading, which is something I hadn't really connected that deeply before. Because one of the reasons I don't love Nicodemus is that he is sort of like, I imagine him, I imagine him bigger than I can be, right? I imagine him sort of pompous, sort of elite, sort of like... He knows what's going to happen, and he's coming to Jesus to ask these questions without really taking any of Jesus' answers. He comes to Jesus at night, which is a sort of implication that he's ashamed of his interest in what Jesus has to say. He asks these questions that I don't really see as explicitly the, this is the Messiah sort of response we get from other parts of John's Gospel. I had always sort of read Nicodemus' voice as skeptical curiosity. How could anyone be born after growing old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? How can these things be? I think that it's not just that I read his words as skeptical, but I read them as sarcastic. But reading them right after Psalm 121 this week just got me thinking because I read Psalm 121 as words of hope, of worry, but also of strong faith. And I wondered what it would be like to read Nicodemus' words with the same voice of hope, of worry, of faith that I found when I lift my eyes up to the hills looking for help. What if instead of skeptic or sarcastic, we read Nicodemus' words, how can anyone be born after growing old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born again? How, how can these things be? Suddenly I hear Nicodemus with vulnerability. This Pharisee who worries for what his colleagues are up to, who has faith in the God who heals and ministers to this one called Jesus, who is wondering if he can have hope, if even he could have a second chance. Reading John's Gospel today to the voice of the psalm brought Nicodemus to life for me in a totally new way. Because although I can understand and maybe relate really well to the sarcastic skeptic, which is why I tend to go that route, the vulnerable, hopeful, worried, yet still faithful experience of Nicodemus is a powerful one to me this time around. And the truth is, this isn't the last time we hear of Nicodemus. He shows up again in John chapter 7 when all the other religious leaders of the Sanhedrin are conspiring against Jesus as his colleagues, his friends, plot to condemn Jesus, to bring condemnation down upon Jesus' head. Nicodemus actually stands up and encourages them to seek lawful justice instead of unjust trials. I think, I think Nicodemus believed. I can imagine how frightening, how worrisome that would be to stand up for what, for who you believe in that way. Even though Nicodemus didn't come out with his own faithful testimony in this moment, at least he tried something. But even with Nicodemus' words, we know how this story goes, and Jesus still ends up on the cross. And that's where we see Nicodemus again, 
at the foot of the cross with his arms full of spices ready to prepare his Savior's body for burial. I think Nicodemus believed. I think he believed Jesus when Jesus told him that just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, the Son of Man would be lifted up as he looked up towards the body of the Son of God on that cross. I think Nicodemus believed Jesus when Jesus told him that those who believe will find eternal life, that God so loved the world that God gave God's only Son so that everyone who believes may not perish but have eternal life. I imagine Nicodemus at the foot of the cross holding all these spices in his arms, remembering Jesus say to him, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Vulnerable, hopeful, worried, and yet still faithful. Nicodemus isn't the perfect disciple. He's not super confident in sharing his faith with others. He has a lot of questions. He sometimes struggles to understand what he's being called to do. He wasn't able to hold against injustice. He's not the perfect disciple, but none of us are. Most of us have experienced the struggle of trying to share our faith with others. Most of us do and should have lots of questions around our faith as we wrestle with scripture and with our tradition and with God's voice in our lives. Many of us struggle sometimes to understand what or who God is calling us to, and sometimes we don't even try to stand up against injustice. None of us are perfect. But we come together today and maybe today we can be vulnerable, hopeful, a little worried, but still faithful. Today we can come together and pray, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where is my help to come. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. During this season of Lent, as we journey to the cross, as we journey to that Good Friday, as we journey to that hill at Golgotha where the cross will lay, where Jesus experiences the condemnation of this world, and goes to the cross for this world, for God so loved the world, during this season we remember where our help comes from, from the Son of God, the Son of Man who is lifted up for all of our imperfections. Jesus dies and rises from the dead so that we can be born anew, so that we can have second chances, so that we can share this eternal life we are given through Jesus, and so that we can stand against injustice, and maybe through Christ's power be more successful than Nicodemus was. So that together we can find our callings in this world, in this community, in this church, through service, through hospitality, through teaching, through healing, through all of the many gifts that God gives us and calls us to. So that we can wrestle with our questions, with those moments where we say, how, how can this be? And find the promises we discover in Jesus so that we can find our confidence in sharing this love and grace with all the world. This reminder that Jesus is not about condemnation, but about God's saving love and grace for you and for me and for all. Thanks be to God. Amen.